0: YoMTG Taps is proudly sponsored by CoolStuffInc.com, where you can find cool stuff in stock every day. Use promo code YO5 to get 5% off your next order. Yo! MTG Taps is also sponsored by CardHorder.com, our go-to source for magic online singles. Be sure to check out the CardHoarder Loan Program, a flexible, affordable way to play many decks online. Everybody and welcome to another episode of Yo MTG Taps. I'm Joey Pasco,
1: and I'm Pighead Annoying Joe.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and we're laughing because uh, because we had a, a kind of a, a slow start. I don't know. Joe just interrupted me. When I was start. trying to start start the show. Uh, yeah, false, a start. Flag. false start. False um, start. And we also have a special guest today, uh, old friend of the show. Longtime supporter of ours, Jonathan Medina. Hey, John, how's it going?
2: Hey, what's up, guys? It's so cool to be hearing you guys and be on the cast, you know? Because usually I'm just hearing you guys through my AirPods while I'm listening to the show, so uh, good to be here, man.
1: I was going to introduce him as writer of MTG Metagame Blog, (laughs) <laughs> um which, I, which is i still had that. him on my skype as mtg metagame i was like so should i update this <laughs> oh
2: man yeah that was years ago that was before yeah. pack to power and whatnot pack to yeah. power i was just about to say it
1: <laughs> before, I, I wonder if anyone's um, still mad at me for uh for s- supposedly cheating that whatever
2: there are a lot, lots of people who are still mad at me I, they pop up in my social media feed sometimes uh to remind me that I'm garbage, so uh. <laughs> it's always nice <laughs> to see him. I'm like, hey, it's been a while. How's it going? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we have uh, we have
0: kind of a lot of things to talk about. It's been like what three weeks since our last episode. We had to delay. It has. Uh, so we have a lot to talk about, but I think the the we have two main topics. And since there are three of us, I think we're going to limit it to these two topics because I think there's just going to be a, you know a, a whole thirty three percent more. Uh, or or John's gonna take you know, gonna add his his thirty three percent to the cast. And so Uh-oh, we're gonna, you,
1: you're gonna you say I was gonna take it all up, right? Oh no no no. Are you doing just, the Steiner math here? Are you about to bust out the Steiner math?
0: I don't know what the Steiner math is, but all I'm saying is we're keeping the topics uh, limited so that we can keep the length of the show to a reasonable <laughs> amount of time. <laughs> Good luck. So. Uh
1: because I already have I already have something to, to derail us. Um I wanna read something because Can I at least players? say
0: what the topics are?
1: I guess
0: <laughs> whatever, man, we are derailed officially two go minutes ahead. into the show, so our two big topics of the day are mythic championship, seven, which just ended a couple days ago, and uh pioneer, and when the time you know is is now the time to jump in if you 've been holding off um so those those are going to be be the big topics um Joe, go ahead and derail us
1: well, it's actually on topic because this is a mythic championship. Uh, th- or players championship is it all the same thing? Is it all the same? I don't know. Well, uh, there's. I just saw this on Twitter and loved it. Edgar uh, Magal Magalheis Maga Yes Yeah Yeah I know who Yes Cool He said uh, he he tweeted in all caps. Um, uh, uh an awesome. Uh, take down here. You know, they say all men are created equal, but you look at me and you look at Abe Corrigan and you can see that statement is not true. See, normally if you go one-on-one with another Magic player, you got a 50-50 chance of winning, but I'm a genetic freak and I'm not normal, so you got a 25% at best to beat me, and then you add Dom Harvey to the mix. You, The chances of winning go drastically go down. See the three-way at the Players' Championship, you got a 33 and a third chance of winning. But I, I got a 66 and two-third chance of winning because Dom Harvey knows he can't beat me and he's not even going to try. So Abe Corrigan, you take your 33 and a third chance minus my 25% chance and you got an eight and a third chance of winning at the Players' (laughs) Championship. But then you take my 75% chance of winning if we was to go one-on-one and then add 66 and two-thirds percent. I got a hundred and forty one and two percent chance of winning at the at the players championship. Senior Abe, the numbers don't lie and they spell disaster for you at the players championship.
2: You know, he really missed an opportunity to say they add up to disaster, right? Because he's talking about <laughs> right? numbers instead of saying <laughs> yeah. spell, you know?
1: <laughs> yeah. It's like
2: WWF <laughs> with math, you know? <laughs> well, that, so that, is,
1: no, that literally is a reference to Scott Steiner from WCW. Oh,
0: okay. All right. Um, there we go. He did yeah.
1: this whole thing about a three-way match they were having and about his chances of winning the match, and it was that, it was literally that quote, and he just <laughs> applied it to the Players' Championship, which made me really happy. I was like, that is an awesome reference, and you went all the way there, all the way in caps, like it should be. Uh, so I appreciated that. But uh, unfortunately, neither one of them uh, won Mythic Championship 7.
0: No, uh, but they're talking but- about the Players' Championship coming up for uh, uh, Star City, the Star City Players' what? Championship. These are all okay, the, so the Star City grinders that are qualified. <laughs> the Got Players' it. Championship, and uh, they're all doing, like, these wrestling promo things <laughs> on Twitter. Oh, they're all doing it? Well, I've seen more than just Edgar, although I oh, think he may have been the first so one great. that I noticed uh, doing that. So, uh, yeah, it, it's pretty <laughs> funny. There's a awesome. lot of, like, trash talk happening on Twitter. I think the one that I liked was uh, Zach Allen, who said, you know, they're known as Team Lotus Box, but after this weekend, they're going to be known as uh, Team Litter Box, because they're going to spend all weekend getting on by a cat.
2: <laughs> and it was a picture of the cauldron familiar <laughs> <laughs> I that. wow i i love so, that that magic has reached that point of like wrestling trash talk you know i think it's great you know you need a little bit more flair in the in the competitive scene you know
1: woo. i'm sorry i need a little bit more flair sorry
0: yeah so that that it was uh it, it's pretty funny and i think uh they're having a lot of fun with it but um yeah, so so let's uh, shout out all our sponsors, uh, Cool Stuff Inc. and Card Hoarder, and a shout out to all our patrons. If you want to sh- support the show and get in on the uh, the Discord, as well as some nifty tap stickers, you can uh, you can do so at our Patreon page. That's linked in the show notes. And uh, another quick reminder before we really get into things um, and probably get derailed again, uh, I'm, I've got um, t-shirts that I'm designing, and the link is on our website our latest uh or my latest addition is a t-shirt that's pioneer beta tester and that's uh just you know we're all we're all beta testing pioneer right now basically and so that thought that that made a lot of sense
2: on a t-shirt i like that shirt i i feel like a like a beta tester you know so i I love it yeah
1: shout out to deck builder
2: that's right our other sponsored
0: deck builder um Yeah, shout out to, to to those deck builder folks. Uh, the deck builder app is what we use to, to build decks while we're using our iPhones. So, um, yeah. So let's let's try to stay on topic. Uh, anyway, right. uh, it's, it's it's hard to do with three of us, I think. Um, but we're gonna give it a shot. So
1: it's a magic number.
0: Yes, it is the magic number. That's what they say. And this is a magic podcast, so it, it all it all works out. Um, big big event this weekend was Mythic Championship Seven, and it was won by Peter canister Glagowski or Piotr. I've always been unsure about Peter. exactly how to pronounce it. I thought it was it's Peter good. also, but people say Piotr because, you know, uh, I guess you sound out the letters and that's what it looks like. So Peter canister uh defeated the field. In fact, he because he won his MPL split, he didn't have to play day one. This is my understanding. And so he starts playing on day two, goes completely undefeated all the way to the end of the tournament wins the whole thing uh awesome. <laughs> wins it with a uh a Jun sacrifice deck that one of these oven decks with um with corvold the Faye cursed in it and um and he over he, he won in the finals over brad nelson who arguably brought the deck of the tournament which was uh simic flash so i i did you guys get to watch any of the coverage did you what did you think of uh of what the format looked like this weekend
1: I didn't get to watch the coverage, but I, I followed along a little bit online. Kind of got an idea of what decks were going on, and I really love the way this format just looks. I don't. I mean, again, I don't know if it translates translates as well uh, in coverage, uh, but I really just love this format. Everyone gets to use spicy for cards and I hate it but I get to use some food terminology too. I think these decks are real chunky. Like I feel like there's just a lot of like good chunky stuff going on in these decks. Like, you know, I mean it's just, they're just they're just they're just uh fun decks, you know? They're just uh there's not I don't know, there's not some weird like busted thing that they're doing that like just isn't magic. And this all feels like magic to me. I look at these lists and I'm like, yeah, yeah. You know, you got your, you know, your Azurius control is represented. It, You know, not as much as I would like, frankly, I wish there was a little more control represented, um, in the, uh, in the metagame. But, uh, <laughs> but I think these decks are all really interesting. Um, none of them feel like super unfair. I mean, Jeskai fires when it gets to a point, sure. Feels super unfair, but you let it get to that point. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, yeah, it, it takes a while to set up. Um, you basically blow up the enchantment and, and they're in, in a world of hurt, you know? Um, so I feel like the deck, even though it's strong, it's fair. Um, I, I feel like, uh, even to fairy now that, um, now that Oko's banned and all that, like, I feel like Teferi kind of has, like, a fair place in the metagame and Mm. isn't taking it over as much as I was afraid it would. Um, Because the card is really powerful. Um, But you know i don't want to see it get banned and they also wouldn't ban it because it's going to be the face of you know course 2021 as i keep saying
2: do you feel um, like uh that that teferi was taking over the metagame when oko was around or i don't understand that statement
1: that I, now that okay, oko's okay.
2: gone teferi's so, fair i don't understand what does that it <laughs> i
1: thought well that's what i'm saying so i thought <laughs> oko was going to be gone and then teferi was just going to be bumped up to the next trouble card
2: oh okay, okay. cuz oko was like dominant and oko was just Way more powerful than Teferi, right?
1: Because <laughs> we, we understand right. that,
2: right? We're on the same page there, right? Yes. Yeah. Right. Okay. Right. Okay.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Oh no. Absolutely. Um, but uh, but Teferi, if Oko wasn't such, like, if Oko never existed, to Tef- I thought Teferi would have been like
2: I see, yeah, the yeah, yeah.
1: planeswalker that was a, considered a problem, you know, um, because I thought I think it's super powerful possibly overpowered and was, and I was worried about it being such a, you know, being largely represented here. And, you know, again, it's in Jess guy fires, but that's like, and between that and Azorius control, that's like what, 20% of the metagame, you know? So that's not like that dominant.
2: Right. You know? No, 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 It's, no, it's like, actually, yeah, it's not even in the, in the top, I wouldn't say not top tier, but I would say it's not, you know, clearly these like Simic flash, Simic ramp decks, uh, you know, the, the oven engine, it just seems like a more powerful thing to do, you know, than to ferry. Yeah,
0: yeah, I mean, you have, like, Nyssa and Hydroid Crisis, still arguably the best cards in Standard, and they may have been arguably the best cards in Standard even with Oko, but, uh, but Oko kind of made everything
2: like about him. So, uh, so, but <laughs> what I, you what know, a conceited still, jerk, right? <laughs> yeah, I know. Totally. Yeah. He walks around with no shirt on, making formats all about himself. You know? Like, <laughs> That's quite. I mean, I feel like they designed this
0: planeswalker with such a personality. You know, <laughs> Right. I, I love it.
2: I love his personality. It's great.
0: <laughs> um, I, I think uh, you're, you're absolutely right, Joe. Like, I think the format looks really, it looks balanced.
1: Um, it looks healthy, uh, yeah. You
0: know, yeah, it looks pretty healthy. The thing is, that the outer edges are missing, I think, so you're missing, like, aggressive a- decks aggro. pretty much entirely. There's no aggro, yeah. yeah, There's no aggro, and the control decks are, like, there's not much. Like, it's there, like you said, it was. Uh, I know Ben Stark played Azorius, a couple other players played Azorius Control, uh, but they didn't, uh, it, there weren't many of them, and they didn't seem to do very well in the tournament, so... Um, it's like those outer edges are clipped. So it's basically all, you know, several flavors of mid range in a lot right. of, a lot of ways, which is fine. I think if you're going to have a format that's all one kind of deck, like, uh, mid range might be the, the best of the choice or best of, of our options. You don't want a format that's just a whole bunch of control decks or a whole bunch of combo decks or a whole bunch of aggro decks, a whole bunch of right. mid range decks. Well, those decks kind of pivot to be aggro or more controlling. At least you get a little bit of everything with, with mid-range. It's a, so. it's, a, it's
1: a chunky format. It's a
0: chunky, <laughs> I, it's don't a chunky I don't
1: know format. what that means, but I'll go with it. It means as much, it means exactly what spicy means, okay? Absolutely <laughs> nothing.
2: Well, um, what, do you, what do you guys make of this? So, I find this interesting. Uh, you know, Teferi is in this, uh, you know, Jeskai Fires deck and in, in right. these control decks and stuff, but like the interesting thing was, back when the format before, like, food came along, right, before Trail of Crumbs and Cat <laughs> Oven, right, um, Teferi used to really kind of trump these flash decks, right? So, like, it would kind of, like, keep some of the flash decks in check because it was like, oh, well, there's all these Teferis floating around, so it's really hard to, you don't want, like, ten main deck counter spells, right? Because <laughs> it's like, once they play that, it just kind of shuts off. What do you think yeah. happened? Like, why did these flash decks become a good is it because they drop these bad cards and put like nissa in and the hydra crisis which are not typically flash cards right like the old flash decks used to just kind of be all try to play everything on your opponent's turn now they kind of cut some of those things like what is it brian born cutthroat and right you know, these these uh, what do you think
0: what, why do you think that happened i think i think basically what brad and uh and seth manfield and javier dominguez who were the three players the only three players that played this deck in the event all three made top eight, which is pretty awesome. Um, but anyway, what I think they are doing is they took that Simic Flash deck and sort of just hybridized it a little bit with the the Simic Ramp deck, kind of that we we've all been seeing for months, which is, you know, Nyssa and Hydroid Crisis. Um, and so they do have that element of going over the top that um, kind of doesn't care about Teferi. So they didn't really go all in on the, uh, on the Flash element. And I think that Kind of gives them a better matchup against Teferi. And also, they do have a bunch of counterspells. You know, they got Mythical Dispute, one mana deal with Teferi. You know, like, and that I think yeah. is, is what their plan is with that card. Um, if they if they see a Teferi, it's kind of like that's that's what Mystical Di- Dispute is for. So, um, right. Well, they also I, have Dice like to
2: it, right? Which is pretty huge against a Teferi, right? Because Teferi can't bounce it. Right. So it always threatens it, right? Because it has two power. And not right. that it can knock it out once, but like they can't, like some some play patterns with Teferi is you play it, and even if you don't have anything about, sometimes you just like cycle, you know? Yeah. Um, especially if the board's empty. That cuts that play pattern completely out, right? Because yeah. you can't cycle with a Paradise Druid staring it down. And then also the Paradise Druid plays that ramp kind of, uh, you know, role that you're talking about. You know, it kind of exactly. threatens, but then it, it, it ramps, you know? So it's an interesting thing. What did you think, Big Ed Joe?
1: I think I, I think also it's it's probably possible that things like uh, Mayhem Dem- Devil are uh, keeping Teferi in check because mm. all you gotta do is sacrifice one thing and ping it for one damage. You know, there's a lot of one damage that's going around. You know, like yeah. uh, like even when the red uh, cavalcade of calamity decks. Uh, were a thing, and I, it's still a thing. I've actually, been, I've actually been enjoying that deck. Um, in the brief <laughs> with Torbrand Tor to
2: is, is, is that the deck you're talking about? Torbrand, Torbrand, oh, yeah. yeah, oh okay, yeah, okay, okay, yeah,
1: yeah. With my big butt dwarf, you know That
2: deck is scary at times, man. If you get the right curve, it's just like, ah!
1: (laughs) I was playing against some, like, I think it was like a Golgari sacrifice deck. Mm -hmm. And I had him at 11, and I was like, oh, and I was at two life for like three turns, and I just kept blocking stuff, and eventually I was, or or no, it it must not have been sacrificed because they would have done the last two damage to me. Um, But it was something, and I had him at two life, and I just kept chump blocking, chump blocking, and I was just like, oh... Uh, two, four, seven in the air, you're dead. You know, I was just like, huh, okay, I guess I did win. <laughs> Neat. Because uh, I really didn't think I was going to win. I didn't even have a cavalcade. Like, I didn't even have one. And I still was like, took them from 11 to zero the turn before I was going to die. Um,
0: Maybe it was one of those uh, green-black adventure decks, Joe? It
1: might have been. it the been the other deck, I I, I but... Actually, I, I think that's what it was. Because I think they even had like a murderous rider out. They could have gained some life next turn. Nah, nah, I didn't let them. Yeah. Um, Good, good call, but, good call. Yeah,
2: thank you, thank you, thank you.
1: Um, but my point is, you know, there's a lot of ways. In the Cavalcade, you don't even have to get to the to the Teferi. All oh, you have to do is swing at it, and you ping it for a damage. Yeah. You know what I mean? So so I think there's a lot of ways in the format that kind of keep the card down, um, which is, uh, you know, part of the reason why that card's not dominating.
0: Yeah, and we saw a couple of, uh, like, shipping Ceratops, Seeing play in some sideboards, that's another one. You know, just in case yeah. you know your opponent has to ferry. Um, yeah. So I, I think teferi has been kept under control. You know, pretty well at least over the, the past couple of weeks. And um, and I guess we'll see how things change. But I, I think the, the interesting thing, like you said, uh, John, you mentioned like brineboard cutthroat. Like this, this flash deck has kind of been around since the beginning of the format, but it just never really took hold of anything. And so it's not like it was a completely unknown quantity, but Nobody was really worried about it. It was not a big part of the metagame going into this weekend. And I think like Brad and Seth and, and um, Javier Dominguez, like they they looked at the format and said, "Hey, you know, there's there's no aggro decks. We we don't need to worry about that particular element. Um, we can just kind of tempo people out. There's there's just you know a bunch of mid range decks, and I think you know they they have a pretty good matchup against those, but. Um, it does seem like they don't have a, a very good matchup against the these oven decks, um, and we saw that. I, I'm sure we saw it multiple times over the weekend, but we definitely saw it in the finals when uh, I think Brad took one game off of Canister. I think he got... Uh, I think he might have won game one, but then Canister won game two and three, and that was it. So, uh, mm-hmm. But one of the interesting things I think right now about the these oven decks, or at least the Jund version, playing Korvold, um, I, I I made a Minor joke in our show notes that you've both seen. Uh, this year's Nexus of Fate. Um, it might not be that. <laughs> <laughs> might not be that bad, but we're in the same situation where I saw um, Dominic Harvey tweeting like, "I need four Corvold for the Players Championship, and I can't find them anywhere." And it's like this. I I hate this right now. <laughs> I really hate that Wizards is making these cards that are only available like in very limited. Local spots like so. Corvold is a brawl commander, um, and so mm-hmm. only available in the brawl decks, um, and, and, and and collector packs. Oh, and the collector pack, yeah. So it's it's yes. just the release. It's uh, the quantity out there is just not very high, and you can't. I mean, I guess if you find the Corvold brawl deck at your local Target or Walmart, like great. Then you buy four of them. Um, but I think uh, it's just another example of a card that's. That you're not able to open in booster packs, and it's more difficult to get a hold of for whatever reason. And, um, I, what, what do you guys think of that?
1: I, okay, so I, first of all, I love the fact that this card is being played and winning a Mythic Championship. I mean, I think the card is super cool. Um, it's chunky, man. It's chunky. I like it. Um, but, uh, Yeah. It's, it's, it's troublesome, you know, that you, you can't find it anywhere. You can't get it out of like a regular booster pack. Um, you know, the supply is so low that I I, I was, while you were talking, I was looking at cool stuff to see how much they were at, but I can't find out because
0: it's just just out of stock. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And that's the thing. like, um, We don't know what the supply is because if you remember, they said there were more copies of Nexus of fate out there than a typical mythic rare, which, you know, I guess we have to take their word for it. Um, does right. a similar concept apply to Korvold, or they, is the supply just it's 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 there, but people don't? Uh, I think
2: I think it is like, there. I think I think the supply is there. I think there's a little bit of uh, I, I don't want to you know throw any shade or whatever, but here's the thing. First of all, the the, the supply when the, when the decks first came out was very low. So what happened is wizards. Released these brawl decks, and they weren't sure of how successful they were going to be. So there was a smaller print run, and then what they—I guess—they miscalculated that. Hey, these are not brawl decks; they're commander decks. Okay, it's like commander—you know—release A for the year, you know, (laughs) because everyone's Mm going to use these brawl cards in commander, you know, right? And so the commander demand really really just pressured their first printing of the Brawl deck. So what they did is right away they realized, oh, no, these things are going to sell out. Let's get another print run going. And so there was a time, you know, when they first came out, maybe like, you know, two weeks, three weeks after they first came out, it was really hard to get them. And then after another month, you know, the second supply started to hit and and drain in, or filter in, rather. And then it was easier and easier to get them, right? So um, all that to say is that what happened was the singles were in demand and whenever there's a demand on singles that are in a sealed product, you can expect the supply to be high because what retailers will do is they'll just crack the product, right? It's just like, oh, we could get how many from the distributor? 20, you know, 100, all of them, you know, because basically opening this thing and selling the singles at the time, uh, you know, it was uh, Tulane, was, was Mm -hmm. commanding a high price tag, you know, just because commander players and stuff. And so we, you know, people, you know, in the, in the business would just buy that stuff and then open it and sell the singles. Right. And so, um, so that's the first thing I want to say about supply. If you want to look at it from like a, you know, the perspective of supply and demand and and pricing and finance and stuff. Uh, So I do believe that there's a lot of um, copies out there. And I really think that it's maybe I approach formats differently when I play, you know, the format. Um, but I think some of these people, they should just be more prepared, you know? Corvold was, was appearing in these sacrifice decks, you know, um, I don't know, a month ago? You know, like yeah. you started you started to see him as one-ofs and in the sideboard, and, you know, you, you used to start to emerge as a card in the format. So if I were, like, qualified or close to being qualified for the Players' Championship where I was going to have to play Standard, and I was you know, looking at the best decks, you know, Sacrifice is one of the best decks, you know, and so I would have picked up volts you know, I right, would have like, just picked them just up, in case, because, yeah. just in case, because I don't want to be left with, the. you know, I understand that, you know, I can't two days before a tournament, just expect to find mythic rares that are, everyone's going to need for the tournament. You know, I mean, right. come on. It's like, you know, be, be, be uh, you know, a little bit forward looking or think ahead, you know. And so, you know, now some people will say, oh, well, nobody, you know, not everybody has like, you know, disposable income to just pick up, you know, 4X of the format, you know. But of course, you know, that kind of response is a little bit uh, overblown. You know, you, you narrow down as a player's championship player probably between two or three decks that you'll be playing, you know, maybe even, you know, two or three versions of one archetype. So, you know, why not make sure that you have all the, all the copies of that, of the stuff that goes in that archetype or or that could go in the archetype, right? It's like, um, what's it, Patrick Sullivan who has the red box, right? He likes to play mono red and he, every time he sees a card that could be played in mono red, he just buys four copies, right? Because, he, he he just wants access to the cards that he thinks would be played in Montréal, and I think the same thing goes for these people who are actually, you know, players. Championship, it's like semi pro. You know, you are semi pro. You should have your tools. You know, and and uh, and be uh, be prepared. You know, and I am sorry that you know people are experiencing trouble getting cards. There is it's not that I have no sympathy for these people, but at the same time, like maybe use this as a lesson to like ahead of time watch the meta. And pick up those cards that are starting to to show you know promise and you know get ahead of it. In my opinion, right? Yeah, I, th- I mean, I think you make a lot of good points. Um, and of course, we're not just
0: talking about you know this one player. I think just the, the idea across the, the board, any player that says, "Hey, I need, I want to play this deck because I was playing an Oko deck, and now the the oven decks look great, and I'm going to try to play this," and they go looking for it. You know, it might not be for the players' championship. They may just be somebody who likes to switch, you know, jump around between best decks. But um, I, I, the, just the idea that it's hard to find these cards—at least it seems like it is—because um, they're they're distributed in an unusual way for a, for a standard card. Um, I think is causing some. Um, uh, gnashing of teeth, you know. <laughs>
2: well, well, let me tell you this: money is a great motivator. You know, if you want to find cards, just put money out there, and you'll find the cards. You know, <laughs> I <laughs> right. mean, in the end, like you know, okay, yeah, you can't find them at the current market rate, but what if you just double it? Hey, I'll pay twenty five dollars for every corvo that someone will bring me at the tournament. Someone's going to come up with a with a four volts for you. Don't right. don't worry about that. You know, <laughs> like you know, that's not. <laughs> You know, and I'm not saying, hey, we all we solve all the problems by money. But, like, if you're playing in this player championship tournament and you expect to do well, then that's that's a cost of doing business. You know, you expect yeah. that. Uh, but if you're playing and you don't expect to do well, then what are you doing? Like, forget about buying the Corvolds. Just, you know, play a fun deck or whatever, you know. But if you really <laughs> – right. seriously, though, if you really think that you're going to do well and that these Corvolds are important to your success, then you have to make the investment in yourself – Right, it's yeah, saying yeah. That, that I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna do this and, and 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 accomplish your goal. You know, when I have tools that I have to get to accomplish my goal, if I need to have artwork to promote something, or if I need to have a some technology to do something that I want to do, uh, yeah, it hurts sometimes. You have to pay for that, and even if your budget's limited, which you know it maybe sounds like I don't have a limit, but I do. You know, I have a very limited budget, and it's like, but I I, I bet on myself. I say I'm gonna. Uh, make this a success or I'm going to, I'm going to go forward and, and, uh, and get that investment back, you know, by, by doing well or something, you know?
0: Yeah, absolutely. That's a really good kind of way of looking at it. We're all kind of looking at it and then just the superficial layer of, I need this dragon, you know, (laughs) like (laughs) it's just, uh, the cards themselves. But when you really kind of look behind it, like you said, it's like, this is a tool of your trade and if you need it, you got to get it. So, um, right. I, I, I do wish, like, I, I think it would be, um, I, I don't like that Wizards is is distributing them this way, though. That's, you know, just my personal uh, preference that they just – standard cards are in standard packs or, you know, if if they were doing these kind of uh, strange distribution models, like make it a reprint. Like, okay, make Birds of Paradise your buy a box and it's only as the buy a box and it's legal and standard. Whatever. You know, like, something like that.
1: We're or just about get rid company. of Brawl.
2: Just get rid of Brawl, you know. Sure. <laughs>
1: We're, we're talking about the same company that uh, printed Oko Impacts for Standard. Like, to say that they have a grasp of what's going to be Standard playable and what isn't is probably extremely generous, you know? Um, so I think that, like, you know, they printed Korvold and they were like, hey, fun commander card. They printed Oko and for some reason they were like, hey, fun card for uber-casuals, you know, like, uh, Um You know, it's fun uh, when it's on your
2: side of the field.
1: (laughs) Right. You know, like, totally. That's the way all cards are that are like super overpowered and broken. Like I tell, I always, I always tell Joey, whenever you see someone complaining that a card got banned, ask them how many copies of that card they had in their deck. You know what I mean? It's always four. The answer is always four. You know, like, let's be fair. Nobody nobody looked at
2: Oko. Nobody looked at Oko and said, that's broken. So we're 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 also you know we talk about oh wizards couldn't see that come on we see that a mile away but like <laughs> who was saying broken broken no everyone was looking at Oko and being like yeah that's kind of underwhelming but then you play with it and you're like oh my gosh I think this part is broken
1: <laughs> yeah we literally didn't even talk about Broko in our uh, no like, no it, it's like know. it's
2: all you know it's all revisionist history right like everyone talks about how oh then we should have saw that you know but nobody saw it. Who saw it? Yeah, and the first no person I saw you. that
0: the first person I saw pointing out how strong the card was was Ari Lax, uh, on like a Star City article. And I was I read it because I was like he I think the title, you know, was like the clickbait kind of thing, like Oko is gonna be the most powerful planeswalker in standard. And I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and then I read it and I'm like, Okay, you make some good points. Now I, I really do like Oko. You know, I, I like it now. It is strong, but I just yeah. still wasn't, wasn't thinking it was going to be what it was. Um, yeah, you get
2: to scratch out the standard part and put history. <laughs> yeah, right.
0: <laughs>
2: oh, I mean, man. it really is.
0: It is. Um, um, so we can, uh, speaking of scratching out the standard part, we can move on.
2: <laughs> to, wow
0: to, wow you like that? what a segue man oh segue, that is strong that was today. so good thank you God, that was
1: good thank
0: you thank you uh, <laughs> so the the second part of our podcast that uh i think we're all pretty excited about talking about uh pioneer right now um pioneer being kind of um like, like we said earlier we're all just beta testing it right now but it's so much fun like kind of seeing how this, not only just like a, like a metagame, but like the format as it gets affected by, you know, every Monday evening or afternoon, everybody's looking like, you know, when's lunch over? When are, when are we getting the latest band announcement and how is the format going to change? So it's, it's kind of fun and exciting in that way. Um, the latest bands, which we haven't yet discussed on the show, um, were from December 2nd and it was smugglers copter field of the dead and once upon a time, Um, Yesterday was December 9th was the latest announcement. There were no changes. So um, what do we think? First of all, you know, anybody have any any opinions on Copter or Field or Once Upon a Time? Yes.
1: Yes, I'm very sad about Copter because, you know, I get it. Like, I get it's a very easy card to slot into, like, any aggro deck. But cool. I mean, like, that means aggro decks might be decent, you know. I don't think that's a bad thing. Um, now, but I don't. I have not, admittedly, had much experience looking at this meta game, and I haven't had much experience playing it. I've been writing. Like when we get off this call, I'm literally going straight back to writing my research paper that's due tomorrow. Um, so you know, like I haven't had as much time to look at this as I would like. Um, but, you know, I felt like Smuggler's Copter, yes, it, you know, it's a card that's going to be in a lot of different decks, but they're aggro decks, you know? And I, and I don't know, I just feel like taking a tool like that away from aggro decks uh, is going to hurt them. And I think that, like, you know, when you look at a format like like Standard right now where there really aren't any aggro decks, you know, that's not necessarily a good thing. And, like, so hampering the ability of... of, of Aggro decks to function throughout the format, weakening an entire aspect of Magic. I feel isn't that great. I don't know, Um, but again, I can't speak on how dominant that card has been in the field. How like how dominant aggro decks have been relative to other decks. You know, I, I I can't speak on that, but I can just speak on the fact that I think that giving aggro decks something to be successful with is important. Uh, whether or not it fits into one or multiple decks, so that's that.
0: Well, you you played a little bit with the mono black aggro deck, and that was the deck that I believe Wizards was targeting a little bit with the Smuggler's Copter thing, because m- mono black aggro was the arguably the most powerful deck prior to Copter being banned, and okay. there were no cards really in the deck stronger than Smuggler's Copter, and I think that was kind of where they were are looking. They had they had smuggler's copter on their watch list. I'm sure because uh, it was banned in standard, and they wanted to see is it going to be okay for for pioneer, um, because it's not it doesn't see play in modern. It's legal in modern. Nobody plays it there, so it's kind of like well, pioneer seems like a perfect place for it. Um, but you see these mono black aggro lists uh, doing so well, and you look at the rest of the deck, and you go like, what. How do we fix this? Like, what what is making these decks so dominant? And I think they just decided, you know what, it, it Copter is going to make these decks less consistent, and that's was gonna say, it.
1: Wasn't Fatal Push?
0: Right. I know you, you you can jump on that in a second, but yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, <Yeah>. or Thoughtseize, <laughs> right. yeah, yeah. Uh, but, Thoughtseize, but, I
2: think is like a. Go ahead. Yeah, just to be clear, I don't think Thoughtseize w- would ever be banned in in Pioneer. Nor do I think it should be. But, but you guys are right that the mono-black deck, I don't even think it was arguably the best deck. I think it was just hands down the best deck in the format when mm-hmm. when that banning occurred. And what I think I personally would not have banned Copter. I understand they needed to ban something to weaken the deck because they didn't want like mono-black to be just like so dominant. It was mm-hmm. really dominant. And so I understand that the desire to kind of break up the types of um, aggressive decks. And, and I think their reasoning they gave is that they wanted the aggressive decks to find their own way, you know, like they wanted them to find a, a two drop that was unique to red, a two drop that was unique to black, you know, um, yeah. instead of them all just playing Smuggler's Copter. while at the same time, weakening the mono black deck. Mm-hmm. I personally would have rather see Smuggler Copter survive that banning because I, I do think that it adds so much to the format as far as like giving aggressive decks a tool and uh, and also other decks like I played it in my dredge deck, you know, uh, mm-hmm. so, it, you know, the ability to discard it was in, the, in soul artifact deck, um, you know, so it was in a lot of different uh, variations of, of other style of decks that, you know, you could play with. Um, but I think in the end, like, so when they first banned it, I was a little bit kind of like salty, not like angry and like taking a Twitter or anything. But I really felt like, hey, you know, you should have maybe targeted something else in the mono black deck. Uh, one of the popular choices was Castle um, because that would take the ability to grind away from the deck, you know? Because usually, because, it, you know, the way the deck was built, it was so many uh, low drops is that you emptied out your hand pretty quickly and then you could just lean on Castle drain to, like, basically draw you two cards a turn, you know? Also, since they're they're very low in mana costs, it left, it, as you started to flood out, quote-unquote, it gave you something to do with the mana, just really well constructed deck, you know. Right. Um, so, so I, I was, I was on the like, kind of like, ah, I don't think they should have banned it because of what Copter brings to all these other decks. But at the same time, when they said, "Hey, look, we really do still think Aggro is going to be a like a, a strong component of the meta," we're just taking this away to weaken the Mono Black deck and also, you know, to kind of force Aggro to find its way in those colors. I started to realize, you know, that is true. That is true because aggro is still here. It's mono black is still a good deck. Um, it's kind of taken more of a mid range route on, in some capacities, like um, using the uh, a devotion angle or kind of mm-hmm. going for for bigger things, right? Well, you don't have to crew a copter. Like you don't have to go like you know having those 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 small creatures. Then you can do different things with the deck. Also, one thing that like once one thing that I realized is that. Planeswalkers are also kind of feel that role of Smuggler's Copter, right? Um, They give aggro decks, like, things that you can play that control decks have trouble dealing with and other angles of attack, you know, like, maybe even the three-mana. I don't think this is showing up yet in the the format, but, like, you think of something like the three-mana Chandra that makes two elementals, you know, and attacks. That kind of thing, you know, is something that an aggro deck might be in the market for. And all things considered, you know the the format has taken the loss of smuggler copter in stride. You know there's still an insole artifact deck. There's still a mono black aggro deck, and it's not as devastating as I thought it might have been originally to the format. So, you know, all things considered, I think those bands were good. But I would say that the one I'm most sad about with Big Hit Joe, I agree that the, losing the smugglers copter was felt a little bad because it did feel like kind of like he was being framed or you know bad rap you know <laughs> yeah yeah so that's and,
1: and I, Go ahead, Joe. I, I want to be very clear that i should have prefaced my statement with i desired running four copies of smugglers copter in whatever deck i built in pioneer so that's why i have a problem with it and that's what i'm saying you can always trace it back to how many copies of the card that person wanted to play if they have a problem but anyway okay, sorry. so
0: in that in that same uh you know in the spirit of your disclaimer I own four copies of Smuggler's Copter, which I bought when Pioneer was announced, but I did know that it was, it was very high on the watch list, but that's three, that makes three of us that would not have banned Smuggler's Copter at this point. And, um, kind of, you know, you, it's one of those cards that I'm on the fence about because I do see how strong it is and I do see, you know, sort of why it was banned, but I don't feel like it was like such a bad thing right like i kind of i guess maybe i just would have given it more time because um because i do feel like smugglers copters it's, it's a fun card um and i just i do feel like it's got an interesting interesting play to it and um yeah so i'm not going go well, to go rehash rehab but yeah. they
2: have to strike strike a real real delicate balance here too and this right. is one of the things that kind of give me those bad feelings about banning smugglers copter is i love the pioneer format i haven't said that but i'm really excited about the format i think it's great and i want to see the format uh you know uh continue to grow and flourish it's already taken off like like gangbusters and i want to see that continue and one of the things they have to strike the balance of is keeping pioneer its own format keeping its own identity and one of the thing that contributed to that identity is the idea that you can play these cards that are, first of all, viable. Like you said, it's not viable in Modern to play Smuggler's Copter, but in Pioneer it's really viable, right? So, right. first of all, viable and you know, powerful, right? So, like, so like things like Dig Through Time and like you know, um, the delve spells and stuff. They find a place, a really nice place in Pioneer. So that's kind of what's driving some of these people to the format, right? If they start banning these things and the format becomes more and more like standard, then you have the historic problem, right? It's like, well, who cares? It's standard. You know, I don't, (laughs) you know, I'm going to play standard and I'll play standard part two. You know, it's the same thing. So they have to strike that delicate balance where they give you stuff like vehicles, which is a very Pioneer esque kind of thing, you know, and delve spells, which, you know, it seems like. You know, without the fetch lands, there's kind of found a place, you know, where this stuff can exist in a fair, fairish kind of way, you know. Uh, and if they start taking all that stuff away, imagine they take smuggler's copters and the delve spells out, and then it just starts to become more homogenous with standard, and then the, the the interest in the format starts to wane, right? Yeah. So you, it's, it's super delicate of the balance that they strike. And I was, I was feeling like they're overstepping that balance a little bit with the smuggler's copter ban. And so I feel like, eh, like, careful, guys, careful, you know? Right, right. Right. Yeah, that's a great point. Like, the interest
0: in the format is for it being different from the other formats. And I think uh, Copter is one of the cards that people – I mean, I never played with Smuggler's Copter in Standard because I wasn't playing Standard at the time. So when Pioneer was announced, it was in, like, literally my first order – of cards that I needed for the format, because I'm like, this is a cool card. If I want to play an aggro deck, I want this copter. And Hey, maybe I can somehow, you know, fit it into some kind of interesting other deck. You know, I don't know, you know, Emery Emory can crew a copter, right? Like, <laughs> 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 so, you know, I think, uh, I was excited to play that card. Now I'd never even got a chance to, I just, that was not the kind of deck I was building and now I, I won't, but I do want to point out they can always unban it. If it was at all like close, maybe they get the format into a, a stable place and they say, you know what, let's unban you know Stoneforge Mystic, like they did. Hopefully they don't <laughs> they do wait eight years to unban Smuggler's Copter, but uh, but they can unban it maybe maybe that will be something we'll see down the road. I don't think we'll see it anytime very soon, but um, I don't think yeah. we'll
1: see many unbans in Pioneer in general, simply because they started with practically none. Um, and I think that they're not going to be banning things unless they're certain they wish to no longer have it in the format. You know, the more card like this is a eternal format, so the longer time goes by, the more cards get added to it. Mm-hmm. So it's only going to get better when it has more options. Yes, you could print twenty artifact removal spells, but then there are probably twenty one drops that can crew this thing and 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 you know and make the deck stronger in that same period of time, you know? Right. I think you're strengthening um, the
2: case for unbanning because the idea is the format will grow and uh, and will change as new cards are added. So maybe there's a, a version of the format or maybe there's a reality or a timeline where Smuggler's Copter is not only okay, but maybe need it to help out aggro decks, you know, because something was printed that made uh, control decks or, or you know, something's really strong or... You know, there, there's right. a possibility. I, I feel like because the format's going to grow, that opens up the unbanning, uh, the way to unban, the path. Whereas if the format never changed, then yeah, it's clear, the Smugglers Coppers, they didn't want it in there. There's no reason to ever bring it
1: back. I get that, but at the same time, their their reason for banning it, that the, like, the mono-black deck should find a black 2-drop, the mono-red deck should find a red 2-drop, they're going to print those two drops in between now and whenever period of time Smuggler's Copter would be deemed uh, able to be unbanned. And at that point, it would be unnecessary to even add it to the format because those decks are thriving. You know, I just feel like... I just feel like if they're banning something, they're going to stick with it. At least for a while. I mean, I think that, like, it would be a Stoneforge Mystic situation. Eight years. You know, I feel mm-hmm. like there's really... Um, because it's such a small band list... Um, Right I now, know. I just feel like the, so I, I should right, right, So what? I, right. I shouldn't
2: sell my place set of smugglers Copters That I should keep them for eight years. Yes, <laughs> yes. Okay, all right. Got it.
0: <laughs> MTG Finance. There Sounds we go. No, um, I actually agree with both of you. I, I know that's. A, doesn't make sense, but I see both of your points and I can totally see. But look so it, I, it, like it, Joe, position, I like Joe's <laughs> <laughs> I like Joe's point that they've been so uh, careful with adding cards to the band list, or meaning like they've they've started us off with no band list essentially. Um, mm-hmm. and let it let the format play out. So I do feel like that's a point in the favor of bands being like sticking longer. But I do also agree like once th- this format is is what it is right now today, December 10th, it's what it is. 2019 and as, it's December, what December 10th, 2020, it's going to be a completely different format. And maybe smugglers copter actually fits perfectly into that format, but we don't know what that looks like. Um, so, so I, the, the growth of the format and the evolution of it can make it a safer place to, to unban cards too. So we'll see. Um, but, but I, I'm, I'm with you guys on terms in terms of like wishing they hadn't hit the copter down just
1: yet um aaron joey told me to tell you it's what it is <laughs> he said it's what it is
0: john have you watched the irishman on netflix yet no i haven't no, okay okay yeah,
1: highly recommend
0: it's very good i just finished it myself but yet yeah, joe keeps using the is it is what it is uh meme uh, <laughs> it's show.
1: what it is it, yeah. it's, not, it's not even it is what it is it's it's what it is it's what, it's it, what is. it is i don't know i love it, I don't it, love it so much but anyway um. so
0: so on the topic of bands and in pioneer let's uh I, I think we all have cards in mind that we think wizards might be watching what, what do you guys think are like the cards that are right now maybe risky risky to buy into if you were to to, to buy into the format right now john you want to start
2: yeah, I, I could start now. I think the framing of that is a strange way to frame it. What is risky to buy into, right? Okay. Um, what cards?
0: Yeah, if you bought four smugglers copter a week ago or two weeks ago,
2: that would have been a risky buy because you probably would have thought smugglers
0: copter might get banned.
2: You know what I mean? Right. Like right. But if you bought, but but when you bought smugglers copters, how much did you pay? Uh, I think like five bucks each, something like that. You know how much they are right now? No. Five dollars oh, okay, so no loss, yes. So, 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 yeah, see, see, <laughs> see what the point, the point being is because you bought them early enough, uh, when they got banned, they were like nine or ten bucks, right? Right, <laughs> like, right, because you bought them early enough, it, the ban did not really affect you from a monetary financial value, so, sure, sure. That, so, like, what I would say, like, let me this will make sense when I start listing cards, but like, for example, one thing that, um Aaron Forsythe has said, and I think this was in tweet exchanges or whatever. I always follow his tweet exchanges and stuff so I can kind of understand what he's thinking and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Not that he makes all the decisions, but that he's uh, representing kind of that, that faction of decision-making, right? He's yeah. vice president of design or whatever. And so one thing that he said is that he agrees that, you know, Teferi has unhealthy play patterns, right? And mm-hmm. so, uh, you know, that that's three minutes fairy time raveler right, and that the fact that it shuts off like instance you know uh, can really make for a undesirable game state right in the sense that you know it really cuts out a whole you know card type you know and so like I think that Teferi is from a from a pioneer perspective on that kind of watch list like watch out you know I don't I don't know if you. You know, if you want to have Teferi's uh, in your collection or whatever, because I think they might be banned down the future because it's something that they're watching. But what I will say is like Teferi right now, you can get them for 17 bucks, you know, 17 to 20 dollars. If you buy Teferi's now, I'm not sure that they will be um, that that would be a bad buy, because uh, I think that Teferi has lots of room to grow. It sees play in eternal formats. It sees play in modern, you know, in legacy at some times. It's just definitely a powerful enough Planeswalker to see play beyond standard. So mm-hmm. it's not like, you know, it's not like Pioneer or Bust, right? Sure. Because, you know. Right. Uh, so, like, another one, a, a good example would be, like, so a lot of people are, are kind of fearful of the delve spells, uh, right. you know, like, um, you know, Dig Through Time and Treasure, Treasure Cruise. Cruise. yep. And so treasure cruise, who cares, right? What are they? 50 cents right now? Like, okay, if they get bad, whatever you yeah. move on with life, you know, I'll give you a refund. Um, you know, but with dig through time, that's something that's a little bit different, right? Because that doesn't have anywhere else to really go, you know, it is pioneer or bust right now, you know? And so dig through time is a card that I think, okay, you know, that could be something that's on the watch is definitely something that people are watching. Um, but again, you know, the market price of that is about 6 six fifty, And you can buy them heavily played for three seventy five. you know. So, you know, if you're going to play a deck with Dick through time, just buy some heavy played versions of it. And, you know, uh, if it gets banned, you lost, you know, $12, you know. Right. Um,
0: I, I, so, you know. So it, taking the financial aspect out of it, just kind of maybe risky in terms of saying, like, I'm going to spend my time building a deck that plays a certain card and, you know, whatever time, res- whatever resources you want to use, just saying like, that's kind of what I mean by risky in terms of playing a, ah, okay, a card okay, that may okay.
2: from, from a time in- investment and emotional investment, uh, yeah. the cards I would look out for are Teferi, uh, Dig Through Time, Nyssa, uh, the five mana Nyssa, mm-hmm. and, um, you know, probably the um, uh Nyxos. Okay. Gonna land Mythos. So yep. those would be the what four that, that that I would I would look at. Oko's another Oko's another one uh, that that would be lower on the list for me though because yeah. I, I really do feel like the power level because you have abrupt decay in this format. Uh, you know it, it feels like the, the aggressive decks are are aggressive enough to win through an Oko. Um, you know the the removal is is very nice. You know. Uh, as far as like, uh, well, at least not, not the white removal, but, (laughs) but, but, you know, at least, you know, stuff like abrupt decay and, and things of that nature. Uh, you know, uh, I think that, you know, pithing needle is pretty uh, common in the format. Again, something that you can deal with Oka with is pithing needle, um, you know, uh, so yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, Oko is for low, lower on the thing, but but I have seen it's super powerful. So you you never know what what kind of decks will be built around the card, you know. But those so would be there fine. haven't really been any
0: yet. You know, Oko is seeing like play, but not it's not dominating the format. It's not ubiquitous. It's not like it's, it, I mean, Oko is seeing more play in Modern um, than it is in Pioneer.
2: Right. Huh. In Pioneer, it's kind of relegated to the to the Sultai mid-range Sash control deck, you know, the one that's, you know, Thought yeah. Seizes, uh, you know, Abrupt Decays, uh, Fatal Pushes, and then, you know, goes and stuff like that. Uh, but right. it's not, you know... It, it does see some maybe some in the Collected Company decks, uh, a couple there, you know... But uh, even those Teferi. aren't even that... You're, no, not, you're yeah. not seeing a ton it, of those yet. Right. And so, so yeah, I agree that, you know, that's why I put it lower on the list. I would say, like, other things, like Teferi, Dig Through Time, Nyctos, and Nyssa... are are things that are more, uh, kind of put the little red, red, uh, you know, alert flag for me or whatever. you Right.
0: (laughs) Joe, did you have any, any cards that were you had in mind at all? I know you haven't been playing as much, so.
1: Well, yeah, again, I haven't really looked at the, I mean, I haven't really played very much, so I can't really say what's super dominant, but, uh, I just felt like Oko might have been the next thing to go because, you know, um, it's super powerful, but it's apparently it's not as big of a problem as I thought it might be. It's so. strange
0: that it's not because you'd think it would be, but um, yeah, based on how much play it's all in standard, and how much play it sees in modern, and it's seen play all the way back in you know in vintage, and <laughs> I think so definitely legacy. Um, I think you'd think it would be uh, kind of all over the place in pioneer, but really it's not. Um, the The cards that I had in mind were uh, Nixos, like you mentioned, John. I think. Yeah. I think I think they've kind of been watching that all along, and in a lot of ways, maybe banning around it, trying to weaken the the devotion strategies without hitting Nixos itself. And I, we have talked about this a little bit on the show um, because I think they want devotion to be a thing. I think they like the mechanic, and they want there to be a devotion deck. But if it becomes too powerful, um, Nixos may need to be hit. And the thing that would would stink is that like okay green devotion is super powerful but red devotion isn't white devotion isn't blue devotion isn't black devotion isn't you know like those are fine but we're gonna hit all these decks because the one color is too powerful so i think that's what they looked at early in the format and went okay we're gonna hit leyline of abundance you know and oath of nissa and try to like hit the green deck without hitting the other colors but i do think they're watching nick
2: um and, and that Nichols- was kind of strange, right? Because they didn't do that with Smuggler's Copter. <laughs> they they, yeah, they were like right. surgical. They were like surgical with the Mono Green Deck, and I was like, "Oh, this is awesome! They hit Line, This is like the perfect band." And then, like with the Mono Black Deck, instead of hitting like Lockthwait and like you know the the Knight of the Ebon Legion, you know, they're just like, "Yeah, you know, Smuggler's Copter." It's like, "Come on, guys! Like,
0: pick an approach." Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, like the thing with Copter, though, I guess, is that it was already on the, the watch list just because of the standard banning. And I don't think Nikthos was ever really that big of a concern in standard. And right, I'm right. sure that the standard banning's Yeah, but neither was,
2: neither was the ley line. That wasn't a concern in standard either. Oh, no, 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 no.
0: That was them surgically extracting <laughs> right the surgical cards from the format. <laughs> um, the other card uh, that we haven't mentioned is Nexus of Fate. And uh, I think it's being... I think they're looking at it. Um, I think they... Because it was banned in best of one. I think it's, it's like on their list, but at the same time, I think that it might, like it wasn't banned in best of three in standard. And so I think they might let it continue for a while, depending on how, you know, how well these decks keep doing, but Simic Nexus is a deck. Um, it has been a deck since I think week one of pioneer and it still is. You see these Simic reclamation decks and Mm -hmm. we talked about one on the show. I mean, it, it looks just like the standard deck with a couple of upgrades. Um, and so, but I do think that that card is something that they're they're keeping an eye on. And um, and John, you mentioned the delve spells, and particularly um, dig through time and treasure cruise. Those are the ones that that were banned in standard. Um, and I wanted to kind of touch on the, the delve idea in general because. Yeah, these cards were banned in standard because they were in a standard, not only in standard but in a set. I believe that that included fetch lands. Uh, so well, that's were, what makes them good, man. Exactly right. So, and then they're banned in modern, where there are fetch lands. You know, fetch they're banned lands, in these yeah. formats where the fetch lands. I think they they're banned in Legacy too, right? Like I, I right, can't remember, right, yeah, but yeah, uh, it's yeah. all these formats with the fetch lands. They start Pioneer off right away with no fetch lands, and now I think this is like, what did you expect Dig through Time to do when you printed it? Like. You know what I mean? Like, uh, outside of Fetchlands, which is easy mode for Delve, um, the the card does what it says it does. It doesn't do anything surprising. Like, it's a a fair cost uh, when you take the Fetchlands out of the equation that can just fill your graveyard so easily. So, I kind of feel like Pioneer is the format where they would want, you know, this kind of card to be powerful but not overpowered. Uh, mm-hmm. Where where the delve spells can it's a safe place for delve spells you know it's just like the, the the appeal of the format like you kind of touched on a few minutes ago John like the the reason the, where can you play dig through time like you can play it in Pioneer because there are no fetch lands and I, I think that might be something that they want um, it it is yeah hundred kind of percent I agree so so I yeah and Treasure Cruise isn't even really seeing. Seeing play So um I mean it might it's be really, seeing a little
2: in, bit. In, in in the Phoenix deck is really the really oh, nice case right. that I think I've seen treasure cruise dig through time you see in like combo decks, uh like uh JSK Ascendancy combo in the Simic deck, the Simic uh, Nexus deck. Right. Um you know, and then gold. also a, yeah, a copy or two in the Soul Tie deck because you're you know, you're thought seizing, your fatal pushing, your you know, then when you need a refill. You know all the stuff that's in the graveyard, and so they do run Fetchland. There is fable passages in the format, you know, but Technically, you know, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. But you, you, it's not the same, you know. Not every deck wants fable passage, you know. So, yeah, and it's also you can
0: only put four fabled passages as opposed to like twelve Fetchlands that you could see in a modern right. deck. Right. Um, they don't
2: even usually max out on, It's usually two or three fable passage in decklist. Right. So, yeah.
0: Right. So I think that, like this is. You know, when you you look at what Dig Through Time says on the card, it's it's doing what it says. It's not doing anything overpowered. Nobody's racing to it. You know, you can't can't cast it super early based off of all these fetch lands. Um, so I think it's really kind of uh, the danger of it is mitigated. I I assume they're watching it, and I'm going to be disappointed if it does get banned. But uh, and and not surprised. <laughs> but uh-huh. I, I I'm not going to be surprised if it does. But I I. Do kind of feel like it's in a safer place than uh, than something I guess like Field of the Dead and Once Upon a Time were two weeks ago. <laughs> like I, th- I think they were pretty obviously going to be hit. Um, so I- I'm I'm curious to see where we go from here. Um, the the note I have here on our show notes is uh, getting into Pioneer. You know, the time is now. The time is now. Question mark. Like so. On that note, I think. Uh, I think that's kind of what we want to discuss here. Is is now the time to jump into Pioneer if you've kind of been holding back? Do you kind of feel like maybe the bands are going to be less and less uh, over the next you know month or two? What do you guys think?
1: Well, I think I saw Aaron said that there were only a couple more weeks of these weekly bands before they go into more of a regular schedule. Yeah. Am I mistaken in that? I think no, you're right, right because I think that's they're right.
0: trying to do it by the end of the year, or by the beginning of the year, by the next year. Right. So. So we're definitely losing the, uh, or not losing, but we're definitely moving on from the every Monday kind of thing. Um, yeah, w- w- here we are. We're halfway through December. We've got maybe two, three more Mondays in December. I don't know. Two,
1: three more manic Mondays. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: and and I know we have cards in a, in mind as we just talked about, but I I kind of feel like it's safe. Like I feel like like the format is getting really coming into focus, and I do. Do feel like now is the time, um, and John, I think are you are you working on some sort of article? I saw something written in Comic Sans uh, <laughs> on, on your Twitter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
2: somebody somebody told me. I asked. I said, "Hey guys, like I'm really trying to up the writing game, right? I would like to write for uh, you know maybe two, maybe three different magic websites about magic every week, you know." And so I'm like, to do that, I have to you know crank out the quality content faster. Because I'm such a slow writer, you know? And I'm like, how do we do this? How do you, how do you like get better at writing? Not like, you know, write, I could write things fast, right? And then it'd be trash, you know, which I don't want. So th- there were some bunch of suggestions in my Twitter, and one of them was to write in Comic Sans. And so I'm like, I'm gonna try this, you know? This is, sounds just absurd, you know? And it works. It actually worked for me. So I, I don't know. Anyways, I, I'm writing this article. It says uh, buying a Pioneer right now. And I think that uh, I was hoping to release the released article this week, but uh, I, I've slowed up again, being slow at being writing. I think it's going to be next week. And um, the idea is like, I think right now is the best time to buy into Pioneer. It's like that whole spray is like no better time than the present. Right. Mm-hmm. Because, what's going to happen is these bands are going to stop. And that's what people are waiting for to buy into the format is they're waiting for it to be so that they don't fear the band hammer. And then they're going to buy in also next year is when the uh, pioneer GPs are going to start firing. Right. So there's going to be a rush to get those cards. And it goes back to that whole conversation I said about, you know, having the tools of your trade, right? Like if you want to enter this format, you should start mapping that format out now and get into the archetype that you're thinking about buying into and what's going to happen is all of those you know there's going to become a time where it's going to be less accessible because um because of the way things are going do you i guess i could give you a little preview of the article do you want me to do that or talk about a concept okay so there's a concept that is like called that i call the progression of formats right and so the idea is is that uh a standard player enters the the Magic game. They start to play standard, and as they play standard, their collection grows and grows. Right as new sets come out, they get new cards, and and then they, it grows beyond standard a little bit. And they start to get interested in more formats, right? Because standard is kind of the entry point, and mm-hmm. then they start thinking, well, what other things can I do, right? So the idea is is there's supposed to be formats they can jump to the next one, right? And right now that, that format for the longest time was modern, right? So it's like you play standard, you get start to outgrow standard, then you can play modern as well. But what's happening right now is that the, the gap is big, right, between standard and modern, and Pioneer is starting to fill that gap. So Pioneer is becoming, in the progression of formats, before it was modern, I mean it was standard modern legacy, Right. So the progression is changing from standard modern legacy to standard pioneer uh, modern and legacy is getting pushed out. Legacy is going into the the vintage realm. Right. The place Mm -hmm. where it's 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 not accessible for people because of dual lands and other expensive cards. And so and that's how how vintage is. It's very fringe. It's very community driven. Uh, No, no shade to those formats. I love those formats. But in the progression of formats, in the flow of the player base, they're, the legacy is getting pushed out and modern is becoming legacy as far as like $100, you know, scolding tarns and $130 JCs and $100 Mox Opals, you know. Um, so that is becoming the inaccessible format and, and kind of the, the 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 top tier, right, in the progression. And Pioneer is becoming modern. And so with, with Pioneer becoming modern, uh, you know, and it's just going to get harder and harder to – to get in until fruit reprints start happening. And they said, that's not there. They haven't considered anything for the pioneer set for years down the road. You know, they're, they're talking about two years at the very soonest before we even see some kind of pioneer masters or anything like oh, that. You know,
1: I didn't know that that was actually said. That's interesting.
2: Yeah. I think they said it in one of their, um, they were doing those, uh, weekly magic weekly or whatever. And they were mm-hmm. asking, Hey, what did you start to plan for pioneer? Uh, in all these sets that are coming out, right, and they said no, not until Ikoria Did you start? To, did they even have Pioneer on the map? And then right. they said, what about a Pioneer Master set? They said, yeah, not even till uh, you know, beyond, way beyond that. Maybe a couple of years beyond that, because you got to think like before a Pioneer Master set makes sense. All of the supply of the Return to Ravnica forward have to be absorbed, right? And there's right. a lot of supply of that stuff, and so. I think the next couple of years is going to do a good job of absorbing that because as it takes that place as the new modern, it's going to, you know, find a lot of uh, places on the schedule for being a premier tournament format and there's going to be a lot of people playing it and building their pioneer collection. So before we're talking about all this, before that happens, We're, we're weeks before, you know, maybe a month or two before that starts to really get into gear, you know? But as those PT, yeah. uh, as a GP start hitting the format, starts to uh, settle, you know, we're going to start to see a lot more adoption. And I think that now is the time, you know?
0: Yeah, I totally agree. That and I think that, that's awesome. Like that, that uh, you know, the way, the way you put it and the, the whole growth of the formats kind of thing. And, you know, it's one of those things like you're aware of, but you don't quite articulate it, you know, and you just articulated it very well. And I think that's kind of, um, that's dead on with you know, this is where people go with their standard cards that are no longer in standard. And it's yeah. it's like an open open season on just like cards that are just a few years old. And I, I think um I'm loving Pioneer right now too. I I uh almost texted Joe the other day like I am I'm going hard at Pioneer like right now. <laughs> I think it's <laughs> what are like, <do> you playing? <laughs> uh well the the deck that I'm doing the most work with, unsurprisingly, is is blue white. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> and there's a yeah. couple. Yeah, I mean the thing is, it's like it's great. Did you have to
2: ask that question. <laughs> I just wanted to know what variant of blue deck he was playing. Okay, so, <laughs> That's yeah. what I
0: wanted to know. <laughs> so, like, I, I, I mean, um, I, and since we're already at like the hour, oh, past the hour mark, I was actually thinking maybe I would save some of this for next week. So I, I'll just briefly mention I am trying to make blue white work. Um, and there are a couple different versions of blue-white. And, you know, there's there's also Esper or Jeskai. Um, and even Bant. Um, but I haven't really played too much with that. But that's that's the card, the deck I'm doing the most um, fiddling with. But there are other decks that I have my eye on. Like, um, I saw Felix Slew, who uh, was tweeting about the fact that basically the, the Urza mid-range deck from Modern is mostly legal, except for, <laughs> like, Urza and, like, Mox Opal. There's only, like, a couple cards that are that you just have to replace like okay now i run four mox amber instead of four mox opal and he put karn um that not the great creator he put karn scion of urza i think in the urza slot uh and, you
2: know, it, <laughs> it just, makes it it makes the car exactly a right yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so it's kind of like you can sort of play urza mid-range in pioneer if you make some changes now obviously like the format's different there are some you don't get arkham's astrolabe that's not in there uh there's not as many zero manacles thank goodness by the way <laughs> artifact right um but you know I, I i saw his list and i'm like okay this looks interesting i know he said he added Nissa, uh who shakes the world to the deck um
1: so I'm kind of Obviously. looking at that as
0: some, something I want to yeah, try. Yeah, because it's broken. Right. Exactly. You know, it's it's because it, it's that good of a card. Um, Nasif was playing like a paradoxical outcome deck, uh, which I think I'm interested in. So th- those are two decks that are sort of on the the Emery plans. Right? like blue white decks and Emery decks are the decks that I'm excited about right now. Um, and, uh, and and so those that's where I got my those are the decks I've got my eye on for mm-hmm. modern, but uh, I mean for Pioneer. Cool. Pioneer, for Pioneer, the yeah. new modern. I was
1: I was ready, I was ready to disagree with John um, about this being the time to get into Pioneer, uh, based on the fact that they could potentially print something like a Pioneer Masters or go hard on reprints um, that would you know drive the cost of a lot of these cards way down. Uh, but knowing what I know now, because I didn't know that they had said no, we are not doing that for a couple of years then I have to say I agree with John. Um, I, and as for me, like, in terms of what I want to build, it's going to be something something red. Um, again, surprised? No. Um, <laughs> but frankly, like, you know, uh, Ryan Gurmore posted um, a deck to uh, our Discord the other day. And, or was it you that posted? It? I know, he, he I was posting some, and I was, deck, I, no, I was posting
0: it. some too, but... Between the two of us, I know what you're talking about. There were a few red decks being posted, and I'm
1: like, "Wow!" I'm, I'm like, "I have most of these cards." You know what I mean? Yeah. Just from just from standard, you know. And I think that's really cool. And like, so um,
0: that's exactly what John really was have just a lot saying. Of money. Right? Like-
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't have a lot of money to like build um, like decks in other formats right now. Honestly, I barely have enough money to build standard. And if I do have standard. I don't have money to. I don't have time to play it. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but like I looked at this deck. I'm looking at the list right now. It, it is a mono red that you had posted. Uh, it's Aaron Barrich's deck.
0: Okay. <laughs> um, Good choice. And, um,
1: yeah, but like you know, four experimental frenzies got him. Light up stage got them. Chain whirler got them. Steam got em. Bone crusher got it. I need lightning strikes. Isn't that funny? <laughs> um, you know, I think you'll like, be able to get those. Actually, <laughs> I have none of the one drops. I don't have lightning strikes. Uh, the ruins. And um, eidolons will be a bit. Mizzium mortars, I think, have gone up a bit now. Uh, Chandra's abrades, but that's it. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, and that one does run an accolade of flame in the sideboard. One of. Um, so um, that's pretty interesting. But like, not that's not that much to pick up, you know. Right. And I've got a and I've got a deck for Pioneer, right. which I think is really cool. And mono black, same situation. Um, I have four less cards to pick up for that. Hey, bonus, you know. So. Uh, <laughs> um, but, yeah, so, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm looking to build something uh, aggressive because I like aggro decks. I'm looking to build something that is going to be cheap for me because I already have some cards for it. Um, you know, and there are a lot of options there um, for, for stuff, you know, and I think, I think it's really cool. Um, again, I want to have more time to actually play the format, uh, which now I'm going to have a – after I turn in this research paper, I'll have a month um, to not do – school for once <laughs> right. so so i'm looking forward to kind of getting caught up on the format and seeing um you know what deck i actually want to build you know thank goodness for the loan program from Cardboard. yeah it's awesome uh, because yeah without that shout out to, no to play. that's right no doubt john you you're uh, building
2: dredge right like i saw you I, wrote an article I, on cool stuff yeah i wrote an article about dredge it's a uh it's a oko dredge uh and it uses uh emery and um it's uh, it had two smuggler copters in it, but uh, I'll just replace those with hardicure because I have oko and uh, you know the prize amalgam you know and and uh, and scrap heap scrounger do a fine job of crewing it, so uh, I'll just put, replace the uh, you know the two smuggler copter two hardicure. But yeah, it was a great. I, I love the deck a lot. It's it's really good. It's got a lot of uh, play to it, and um, you know it just basically uses the cat oven combo to uh, to bring back prize amalgams. And so that's what, that's the deck I was playing probably for the first couple months of, or it hasn't it, has it been that long? I, I don't remember. know. When did they announce it? Like two months ago? Maybe? No, it's been like two months. So, like the first month I played that deck and then I started to experiment with Experimental Frenzy. No, not Experimental Frenzy. Uh, what's uh, Possibility Storm? I started oh, wow. playing a lot of Possibility Storm based on Aaron Barrich's list and uh, the work that she's done there. And I think that, that's, that's like a combo deck that's really, it's, it's good, it's very good, okay? Um, what I mean by that, it, it just can win out of nowhere, because you once you have six mana and Possibility Storm and an Adventure Creature, you just win the game. And the, the only thing you have to be careful of is Teferi or Narset, because they shut the combo off. So if they have a three mana Teferi, you can't like play something under Possibility Storm. So um, the goal is to make sure to keep those clear. But if, if those are gone, then it's hard to really beat a possibility storm. And so uh, the, the, the deck has changed a bit because they ban Once Upon a Time. So I've actually added some lands and uh, because, you, you know, with Once Upon a Time, you could cheat on lands. So I went from mm. 20 to 23, and the three mm. lands that I added were actually man lands, the, um, the hexproof uh, blue-green land, uh, uh, Lumbering Falls. And that's really great at clearing Teferi's and, you know, Narsets off the board so that you can combo. And it's also like against control decks, you just I have two questing beasts in the main which also deal with Teferi and, and uh and Narset. But with, with against control decks, you could just play the mid range game with Oko, Questing Beast, and Manlands, right? Just mm-hmm. keep beating them up. And then when they try to like tap out to get their, you know, their uh, their gear hulk down and do some crazy stuff, then you just combo them.
0: <laughs> you know? that, yeah, that sounds interesting. So I haven't seen this list. Do you have, uh, if you have a link, you know, send it to us and maybe we'll, I don't know if we can put it in the show notes if you want us to. <laughs> to yeah, yeah, it no, no, it no.
2: that's fine. Yeah. That, that will be the next art. That will be another article that I write, but I'll give you okay. the list so that the listeners can have it ahead of time. But yeah, awesome. I'm going to write about that. I wrote about the dredge deck on cool stuff. Inc, and and we'll then, uh, that. Yeah. And then I'll, I'll write about the dredge deck. Kind of Came out a weird thing. I wrote it before the bannings, and then it hit like it got published after the banning. So there's smuggler copter in the list. But um, but then you have the uh, possibility storm, which I think is great. And I've also played another deck, but I'm not going to talk about it right now because okay. of time and because it's 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 related to another project that I'm working on that's super cool. secret. You know, so awesome. we'll uh, right on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, in we'll that talk case, about that maybe. Later.
0: Yeah, maybe we'll have you back on the show to talk about the, the project and the deck. Oh, together. I would love that. I would love that
2: because this is one of my favorite this project is gonna be great. i I'm, I'm excited about it. So
0: awesome. Um so let's yeah, let's wrap this up. We are uh you know, over time, which I'm not surprised, but uh but Joe and I we're gonna have an episode next week, right, Joe? Next uh week. so so yep. we'll be right back in one week and I think we're, uh, you know, my idea at this point, Joe, is for uh, for the next episode to be basically about more exploration or further exploration of Pioneer, especially for you Great. because you can turn in your paper and just go rent some decks, you know.
1: Yeah, well, go go turn in my paper, go to AEW Dynamite TV taping, and then rent
0: some decks and play some Pioneer,
1: and 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 then some decks. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> sounds good. So that's
1: my plan. Wednesday night, go see thir- uh, Frozen Two Thursday, and then jam some decks over the weekend. Yeah. Yes, indeed.
0: So cool. Um, uh, thanks John so much for joining us. I think it was, this was awesome to have you back on the show for the first time. And I don't know how many years
2: it's been, cause you definitely it's were been years, but I, I appreciate you being invited, man. It's so cool. I, I really, thank you guys. I appreciate it's it. It's been
0: a lot of fun and you've added a whole, you know, a whole other dimension to the show. Just, uh, you know, with, with your perspective on things. And I think it's really been, um, been awesome, you know, to have, to have it you has on. been our pleasure. Absolutely. Um, So uh, yeah, that about wraps us up. Then Um, should should we do the catchphrase all together? Does John know our new catchphrase? I don't know that I do.
2: I don't know that I know the new new catchphrase. Okay, so you-
1: well here, well let's well, let's how about I say the catchphrase and you, John, you at the same time say what you think the catchphrase <laughs> oh, is.
2: This, that would be and embarrassing, we'll, and
1: we'll just see it from there. Yeah, that would be all right. So so go ahead, go ahead, Joe. Send us all off. right. So
0: until next week, we're Yo! MTG Taps.
1: Make them happen. We are.
0: All right, so until next week, we're Yo! MTG Taps.
1: Make them have it. Oh, John, you didn't play along. I'm
2: sorry. I, I was like, I, I, I froze. I froze. I was like, ah. You know what I was going to do? I was going to go, that's game. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that, <laughs> oh, That would have been perfect. Oh,
1: my God.